Welcome to 40N. I'm Annie. And I'm Ellen. We're here to talk about mental health, gossip, and everything in between. Settle in. It's time for your weekly dose of psychobabble and other shit. Hello, and welcome back to 40N. This is Annie. I'm here with Ellen, and we are here to talk about some psychobabble and some other shit. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Ellen with me here teaches mm-hmm. from life experience. Yes. We run GEMMED, a nonprofit support group for teens and adults with eating disorders. So we work in mental health and we've got a lot to say about it. Um, and we'd love to talk about fun stuff as well. So today's topics that we're going to drive into are OCD. And we're also going to, for our other shit kind of portion, we're going to talk about TM success charlatans, which is like a phrase that I'm kind of proud of that we've sort of coined yeah. between so ourselves. We'll explain kind of what that is and what it, it looks like. But yeah. I think everyone will be able to know exactly what we're talking about. With it's that like phrase. the online world of like insta coaching and self improvement. Yeah. Um, that like has like a nasty side to it. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, but first, let's do a check in. Ellen, what are your highs and lows for the week? Um, my low, I would say, um, is I had some car issues with my brakes, so it's never any fun, um, to have to deal with that stuff, but luckily, um, it was pretty cheap to fix, but, so that was just kind of like a, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Car stuff sucks. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that that's taken care of, and I'd say my high is, um, we went to a sticker store in Los Angeles during the week. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a store full of stickers where you, they're on rolls so you can like sticker planet. Yeah. It's called sticker planet. Would that be cool if we got like sponsored by them? Like, oh my God. Party and sponsored by sticker planet. Yeah. And we could yeah, just yeah. get free stickers. So essentially what it is, is like, yeah, they just have rolls and rolls and rolls of stickers and you just tear off which ones you want, or they have prepackaged ones and sets that you can buy. And mm-hmm. it's just so much fun and everything's Super cheap, but somehow we managed to spend like fifty dollars. Yeah, fifty dollars. <laughs> I was like, "This is gonna be four dollars worth of stickers." Oh my god, it was like fifty dollars. And then yeah. it's too late. Like the card's already in. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna like put stuff back. Well, and that, and that's know. on the rules. So like, if you tear yeah. off stickers, like you have to get them. Yeah. Because otherwise, they have like loose yeah. sticker sheets lying around. So I get that. Um, but happy to support that business. Mm-hmm. So we put them all over water bottles. We put them on our phones. We did um, did it for our teen group class, and it was so much fun. So I cannot wait to go back to Sticker Planet. I feel like stickers are a new hot thing. Like when we told our teen group that we were going to be doing this day, they were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like we like buy stickers sticker. on Amazon. Like it's like a bit. It's like a, like a computer phone thing yeah, I now. Stickers. Yeah. I like I like making my own phone case with stickers that I find. I don't like buying like pre-made phone mm-hmm. cases unless it's something so crazy but you know I just have my regular case and I just cover it and stick the ones that I want and just change them out according to the season and the mood yeah and um, stickers are life yeah 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 um my high for the week so I watched the Taylor Swift or we watched the Taylor Swift mm-hmm. documentary Miss Americana on Netflix and I loved it I am a Taylor Swift fan I have not always been yeah you, like, you haven't always been well I, I've always liked her music 
I've yeah. never like denied that like she has like she's got like fun music that's yeah, you, like really easy you, to like. Yeah, you you just didn't like her as a person. Yeah, like not as if I like I, you know have a close personal relationship where I know her. But I think like there was something about her that just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. And she actually was very interesting. Like in the documentary, she like said what I, I always that. say about celebrities is that when they get famous, they're kind of like frozen in the age that they yeah. become famous at because like all this like normal development stops because their life just takes a completely different turn that's not normal. Yeah, and she agreed. Yeah, and she was like, yeah, I was like, you know, a 20-year-old acting like a 13-year-old. And I always said, I was like, Taylor Swift is so mature. Um, but she's definitely done a lot of growth over the last years, mm-hmm. a couple years. And it was like, it was a really good documentary. And then she spoke like super candidly about her experience with an eating disorder, which I found very interesting, obviously, because we work with eating disorders. Um, and there's just not a ton of like big name people out there that really talk there's about no it. There's no one as famous as her. Yeah, that we're definitely. About it. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think so too. Like maybe Demi Lovato, but I would say Taylor Swift is like way more famous than Demi, Demi and Lovato. Demi is still. I think Demi is still in her eating Yeah, disorder. like, so, like, I think she's in, you know, it sounds like some work being sober, but she's kind of goes back and forth with that, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, so I think Taylor's the most... Like, more of a recovery model. Well, yeah, the most mm-hmm. recovered person who's been explicitly vocal about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I found was interesting, too, is that... So, and Taylor Swift and I were the same age, and I remember in high school reading when I had my eating disorder I remember reading like a I think it was like a people or us magazine interview with uh-huh. her or was it was with one of her or her like bandmates and it was talking about just like her day right and I remember reading it and immediately I was like this chick's got an eating disorder yeah. like and and very similar and so my mind manifested she was too. like oh like I, well, I rehearse and I work out all day it was I, like I go it was like I work out in the morning and then I eat like a small piece of fish for lunch with no breakfast and that was it like just like a small piece of white fish which is like two calories you know yeah that's and nice. then she would go for like a four-hour run yeah. and then she would like do her concert and there was like and, and bake for other people like right. obsessed with like baking shows and like all of those behaviors I was like tick 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 like right and like the baking is like for other people like, yeah for other just, people yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean we've been there we've both done that yeah yeah um, like and giving it away but not eating the food right. like experiencing food but not eating it because you're obsessed with it so I I just felt it was really like nice to hear her sort of like talk about her experience and and she and she pretty much referenced like that time in her life. Mm-hmm. of that interview because she was like yeah like you know I would say that you know I'm exercising and all this stuff but like I wasn't eating yeah yeah, yeah. so she was very much like really dug deep into the I didn't eat food part yeah. and um and like how much that as a performer how much that negatively affected her Mm because she had no energy on stage like the stamina that you need to do like a three-hour concert like that running around Uh like I'm I'm honestly surprised that like she never like passed out or something on stage because I don't that's pretty shocking to me yeah 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 so it was great that she opened up about that I think it like yeah for sure and I think it brings a lot of like awareness and there's so many people that can identify with that so that was my high yeah that was great to watch um my low I would say I've like I so I have like eczema and um, I haven't had like a really bad flare up in a while but like right now like all on my legs it's like so bad. Have you been doing something about it? It's yeah I've been putting like hydrocortisone and like cream and okay. stuff like on it. It's just it's it's like really it hasn't happened in a really long time. I had it really bad as a kid 
when it's dry and cold outside. Uh-huh. It's just like my skin just really reacts poorly. Or like water too. Does it like lake water? Whenever I would go in like a yeah. lake, it was like not the ocean. It was like just a yeah, like, lake, lake water. Yeah, lake water is disgusting. It's nasty, yeah. So it, I would always have just like such a bad rash. So kind of gross, I guess, but... Of, like, it's not that gross. Rashes to me aren't gross. You don't think so? I think a lot of people think they're really gross. It's just, a, it's just like the irritation. Yeah, I know. It's not like pussing. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you have a pussing rash, that's okay I'm, too. I don't think, <laughs> of course it is, but I don't think that exists. I'm sure there's like lesions that some people have, but it's <laughs> definitely not that bad. But it's just, it's like super uncomfortable, and I hate it when this happens. That rashes are okay. Rashes are okay. We can't control rashes. It. It's, it's our skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your Annie, your epidermis is showing. Your Oh my god. We still like do that to our mom too and she'll be oh, like <laughs> Oh my god. Yes, we did it the other day. We were like er like a couple weeks ago. We were like, Mom, your weenus is showing. She's like, Huh? Like, your weenus. <laughs> And we were like, that's the part of your elbow. And she was she's like, like, girls. <laughs> like, oh, girls. She's like, that's something, that, that's something my, kid, my, my kids would do. Because she's a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And it's still funny. And not that we're even like that kind of like fewer people. But it's just like, I think like fucking with her is like She's funny. the most gullible person yeah. on the planet. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> joy to mess with. Joy to one and all. So for today's psychobabble talk topic, we're going to be talking about obsessive compulsive disorder, which is quite common. And we also have a lot of personal connection to OCD. Our family, it super duper runs in our family. And oh, we have a special guest. We have a special guest. Her name is Ellen. It's me. And, <laughs> and she has some very <laughs> extreme examples of what it's like to live with OCD and cope with it and, and recover from it. Yes. Yeah. So let's, let's start with your experience a little bit, Ellen. So when did you First of all, like what type of, because there's, and we'll get into it in a minute, like all the different types, but what type of OCD did you have and how did it manifest? And so behaviors? I don't know that, I forget what the term We'll get into is. the clinical terms and stuff. But. So, so my type of OCD was around um, compulsive checking mm-hmm. and um, magical thinking mm-hmm. and wherever numbers fit into that. Yeah. It's all the same category. So yeah. I think mine was in the magical thinking mm-hmm. category, which is, I, I, I love being in that category because it sounds awesome. Yeah. Magical thinking. Yeah. But in reality, it's not that magical. <laughs> it's not that magical. So, so mine developed in, in high school. And this was before I had my eating disorder. Um, and essentially, it, it, all of a sudden, it was just like there and constantly. So it, it was rooted in a feeling of being unsafe. Um, I was like paralyzed by the thought of like getting me getting kidnapped, Annie getting kidnapped or like our dad dying in a plane crash. So those were like Mm -hmm. the main fears that I had. And I think the kidnapping thing like came from like when like Elizabeth Smart got kidnapped and I just remember watching the news coverage of that. So I started like getting really freaked out about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so essentially, and then our dad travels a lot on planes. So I was like always scared that like some 9-11 type thing was going to happen, a terrorist attack, the plane was going to go down. Mm -hmm. So that's where that came from. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so your behaviors looked like, what would you say? So um, those are the thoughts. Yeah, those are so the thoughts. So then your compulsions were. Yeah, so my compulsions um, around numbers, everything had to be um, in like multiples of three. So like, oh, so like if there, when I was walking, if there was like a, you know, when you're walking on sidewalks and there's like squares, like everything had to be like three, multiples of three mm-hmm. and getting to the next part. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd be constant counting. Mm-hmm. Um touching things like if I like picked up my phone then I'd have to when I thought about stuff like it had I had to like do actions in multiples of three like like touch the couch three times Mm -hmm. or um like open and close my phone three times Mm -hmm. um and then I had a routine at night with the safety piece of um locking all the doors in the house but I had to check it at least three times Mm -hmm. so I, I had to go around to every door in the house in that order or was there an order associated with like the doors yeah it was back door um garage door front door Mm -hmm. and then I had to open and close the the back door three times um and then I'd wiggle the doorknob to double check that it was closed um and then I'd do the same once or three times three times okay and then and then do the same in the garage Mm -hmm. so open and close that door three times Mm -hmm. um touch like I could see that the garage door was closed but I didn't believe it in my mind so I had to touch the buttons and turn the light on and off three times to like Mm -hmm. as a way of like okay I did that three times so it must have been closed Mm -hmm. and then um touch the door the front door like push it closed Mm -hmm. three times and like kind of like jiggle the lock three times and then I had to do like that routine like three times and then I had to go and then check the closet um, in our bedroom for like mm-hmm. a person. Um, and I had to, um, but it was only that one closet by your bed. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was but only we that, had, but we had two closets. So it's interesting how like that was, I think that, that's because it was a closet. I was going to get, because if there was some of the other one, I would be first. <laughs> that's closer to my I was worried about that. No, I was. <laughs> I'm joking. I think it's because it, you couldn't see what was in that closet. It was like a lot of long hanging dresses and stuff. And so I was yeah. convinced someone was like, standing in it mm-hmm. so I had to like get in there and then put my hand in so I could feel someone mm-hmm. and then um and then so after all of that I you know and like that was all like three times so then I had to do that so those were like the mm-hmm. and you know in this way of checking okay okay all the doors are locked but what would happen is I would go to bed and then I would just like have panic attacks because I'd be like that garage door is open. I know it's open Mm -hmm. and I can't trust my memory Mm -hmm. of whether I closed it or not. So it was really frustrating. So a lot of times I'd get up in the middle of the night, like our dad was always up like watching TV. So I'd be like, Mm -hmm. hey, hi, getting a glass of water. And then I'd I'd always like check the garage door Mm -hmm. or I'd go and like peer over to the front door, like acting like like no one knew what I was doing. Like, so like casual and cool um so so yeah that that was with was there a reason that you didn't because I I hear what you're saying I think like we all knew I don't I do not think we had or I at least had no idea of the extent of it until you more fully shared there was definitely like Ellen's like oh definitely like safety fears worry work kind of stuff was there a reason consciously of why you were like I don't want to let people know how worried I am or scared I am I think it just you know, I don't, that's a good question. I, for whatever reason, I didn't, I, I honestly wasn't. Were you embarrassed or? No, I wasn't, maybe, but you know, I've always been pretty open about my mental health stuff. I think maybe at that time, I, I didn't even realize what it was. Mm. I don't even think I knew what I, I knew what I was doing was like odd, but I didn't know mm. that it was like OCD. Like I yeah. didn't know until later when I kind of like, you finally, I think talked about it and you maybe said what it was yeah. or 
so yeah, I had to do that. And then, and you know, during, you know, this was like probably two years of me just like doing this every night before bed. And then I'd usually wake up in the middle of the night, convinced someone was in the house. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm wide awake at three in the morning, mm-hmm. someone's out in the main room. Cause we had a hallway back to Annie and I's room. And I was like, someone's out in that main room. I can't see them. I'd be so scared. And so I'd go and like lock myself in the bathroom mm-hmm. and then, um, um, I'd like literally like sleep on like the bathroom floor because I like, I don't even remember this. I mean, I was asleep, I guess. But yeah, like, yeah. And so like I was just so and like I wouldn't come out until it was light out. Like my anxiety has always been really bad at night mm-hmm. um, with like darkness. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as like in the morning when like it would start getting light out, then I could go back into bed. But yeah, and then I'd lock myself in the bathroom because I'd be like, I can't. Like if I open that door, like crazy kidnappers who were like right outside but I mean it was so real to me like yeah, yeah, every yeah. night oh there was no thing of like this didn't I had this last night and nothing happened mm-hmm. every night was like starting over yeah. like every night was like there is somebody in the house mm-hmm. um and then yeah and just because I was worried that when in the morning when you would go on your runs mm-hmm. you'd go running early in the morning around the neighborhood I was so worried that you're going to get kidnapped. And so part of this was like, I have to do these things in multiples of three to keep Annie safe. And like, mm-hmm. this is what makes Annie safe and mm-hmm. like checking these doors and doing things in threes and like whatever. Um, and then same with like our dad um, was like, Oh, like, unless I, um, you know, open and close the doors and three. And I, I think I had some stuff when I was in bed too, like certain, like, like I said, like prayers at night, like certain, mm-hmm. like the way in which I said them, it was like a very specific pattern. And if I like messed it up, I like freaked the fuck out. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, like dad has a plane tomorrow. Like this is it. This is, mm-hmm. this is what's like going to bring it down. Mm-hmm. And again, it felt so real. It feels so mm-hmm. in the moment. You're like, this is a hundred percent what's happening. Yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah. It's really scary. Like when you talk about it like that way. And I remember too, I remember you having, I don't know how sudden this all came on, but I do remember you having stuff with like numbers. I think at an age younger than high school, well, because I remember when we would do, we would play tennis and we were picking up balls. You would have to pick up certain numbers and balls. And I would be like, what the fuck Ellen? Just like pick them up. And you'd like, would like, no, no, no. Uh, Uh, I mean, that this was young. This was like, no, but I remember that in tennis. Yes, I do remember. I, I would pick them up and like, it, it's always been like three has always been like it's funny because I think that like you know everyone has like favorite numbers like I was number eight and number 12 mm-hmm. those are always numbers I was like assigned in school mm-hmm. I always find myself getting like eight or twelve but yeah. like three is like my OCD number of, yeah like, things must be done in threes is it a positive feeling towards three or a negative feeling mm, it's a positive feeling of like this is what keeps my life in control yeah and say of threes okay yeah I, like, <laughs> I wonder why three I don't know yeah yeah but sometimes, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, like, weird. Like, I, even now, like, 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 when I'm trying to go to bed, like, I'll, like, it's so weird. Like, I'll, like, I have a thing with, like, numbers and, like, like, when I'm going to sleep, if I can't sleep, I'll, I, I like, you know what, when I do this, I, like, make up sentences and then I count off, like, the syllables. Yeah. And I like it to, like, <laughs> come do. to an even yeah. ten. Yeah. Where I'm, like, so, like, my cat hand me over. I'll just like walk around the house. I'll be like, hand, counting off my fingers, the syllables. Hammy is my cat, and I love him so. Him so. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, perfect, 10. And then I'll like repeat it. Like, Hammy is my cat, and I love him so. Like, perfect. And then, like, you know. And we're good. <laughs> like, I, I, I have some like leftover yeah. neurotic tendencies. You know what's so, I, I think I forgot to tell you this too. So, I have a couple, I have a couple clients with OCD. 
again, is very common, but I think a lot of therapists are, are really bad at identifying it. And I'm good at identifying it because I've got some OCD traits as well. And obviously like your experience. So I'm pretty adept at being like, mm, and there's a lot of yeah. different kinds of OCD. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Into. So, so funny, funnily enough, I know that you've talked a lot about like your stuff with numbers and how numbers to you are like they look like a, I think it's like a tape around a room yes so I have like one other it's client. not that but yes what I visualize it? numbers in my mind and I don't understand how people don't do this it's like uh-huh. freaky to me when I talk to you I'm like the number 30 whether it's like usually like like um like I'm talking about age like I'm 28 right now mm-hmm. and I can see exactly in my mind where that hits in a visual timeline yeah I'm 28 and it's like zero through um zero through 20 starts like forward and going straight then from your body mm -hmm. and then 20 to 40 is a sharp right turn and 20 to 40 is a line Uh and then 40 to the rest of your life is like um is is another I guess left turn going like straight Mm -hmm. and so and and every number has a unique feel to it like 38 like Mm -hmm. I'm picturing it I know what that looks like Mm -hmm. I'm 38 like the first thing that comes to my mind is where does it fit on that map? And same mm-hmm. with just like numbers in general of like, or yeah, like yeah. there's another, there's another one that I have. So I have a, I have like two I'm... other clients who also have like the number counting, checking like OCD uh-huh. and they visualize numbers the same way. Isn't that weird? That is weird. It's really, it's pretty crazy. So I wonder. How do they visualize it? This very similarly, like just spatially. It's yeah. like the yeah, numbers spatially. occupy a space. Yes, hundred percent. And I don't know if it's like a more, cause I was thinking about it and I don't know if it's like, a more personal connection with numbers like numbers uh-huh. aren't just like out in the universe like they're attached to me oh yeah you know of something like that um because it's weird to me that you don't think of the number 25 whether it's age or just the number uh-huh. like in the place of my brain like and I think like we, an invisual spatial place well, I, yeah. yes I think we talked about it before where I'm like I'm like what does 42 look like to you and you're like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like 42 is here I'm like 42 is a sharp right turn yeah and you're like pointing like, to a place like I'm doing here. it right now I'm like yeah. 42 is right here yeah and you're like it's, 42 is just like, like I think of like the, a number yeah no like it goes here <laughs> It's very, yeah. very interesting. It is. It's really interesting. I don't... Yeah, and maybe that's where the connection to numbers for me mm-hmm. comes from, of, like, the need to do things in multiples of a certain number, because numbers, yeah, numbers to me feel, like... More real, maybe? They're yes. not They're not a concept. No, they're, like, things. Yeah. Like, like, the number two is, like, a thing. It looks yeah. like this in my mind. Yeah. It is this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if I was, like, good at math, but it's funny yeah. about, like... It's probably because you're too, like, preoccupied with... You know what I mean? It's like the it's like the I'm numbers like, oh, provide 12, anxiety. There you are. You're so cute, but I can't like do twelve times two. Probably because you're trying to like put it from one part of your brain to another, and you're like trying to make yeah, that honestly. Yeah, like numbers numbers to me in the math form like don't make sense. Are stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Because they're like not fun there. Yeah, in my yeah, mind, yeah. they're like they're like wee wee. Because numbers are zooming wee. Oh my god. <laughs> So I think, so your experience, I think is like, is a pretty classic example of obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, like I said before, it definitely runs in our family. Our, our mom. Oh, and, and Mm -hmm. checking, Um, checking stoves and checking. Oh, huge. Those are, those are stuff that like my mom does where it's like, I left the stove on in my, when my mom and I were in the car together. It's like a tornado. We're like, yes, let's go back and check. And I'm like, you're like, the second one person says it, then my mom, then what the other person will validate. Yeah. So like the garage door closed. I'm like, does the garage door close? It's the garage door, the toaster, the stove. The stove. And 
you know, or like the oven. Yeah, like electronics is a big one. Yeah, the like, straightener bang on. Yeah, the straightener. That's a big one. Uh, but that one turns automatically off, so that one I don't get as much worry about. But like when mom and I are together, it's something about the garage door. You know, we'll reach like she'll like turn around. Oh, we both. Yeah, yeah. We'll like hype each other up. We're like, yeah, let's just go back and check. And, and I'm like, better safe than sorry. She's like, better safe than sorry. And then I'm in the back of the car. I'm like, fuck you both. Like, we've already checked. It's fine. I saw it. Like, it's so. Oh, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, so mom and yeah. I definitely, I, yeah, 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 and I don't think mom has the, she, so, so, so mom has, like, the, the, she's got some traits, I would say, like, probably more on the mild side, yes, she's missing, from what I can see in her experiences, she's missing more of the magical thing, yes, kind of correct, component. she just, like, doesn't, you know, it's like, it doesn't attach to anything, correct, like, it's, like, I can't trust myself, and too close to close things or turn things off, um, so there's, like, the checking, there's a magical thinking version, there's the checking version, or well, we'll get inversion. Okay, okay, okay. So we also have like hoarding in our family too, yes. which is tangentially related to OCD. It's it is the same, but it's not. Um, and then I have some like contamination stuff, which I've started to explore a little bit more in therapy. Really? Oh yeah. It's like I know the cleanliness, but I never thought of it as like a contamination thing. I think of it that way. I think I'm like, and there it's interesting because like when I'll go through them, I was like, I was like, oh my god, like this really like I feel sometimes I feel like contaminated by the outside air like outside of my house like I feel like dirty I have and I have to like like, wash it off I have to and or like certain places feel like the air feels like dirty to me and I think of that way with like floors and shoes and like Mm -hmm. all I mean obviously and like all that kind of stuff and but not around diseases I'm very like non-contamination yeah it's not yeah it's not it's like dirtiness yeah like pollution like the idea of just like it's like, like me. Like something, like a little like film covering your skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm yes. wash that off. Yeah. And and I mean, like, even if, like, I, like, go outside to, like, the mailbox, like, it's hard for me sometimes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've had to, like, work a lot on it. What have so. you been doing for that? Just challenging it and, like, not, not doing showering, it. Yeah. Not showering. Is it and, hard? Um, yes and no. I think I'm on the mild side of things. Mm-hmm. It's not extreme. I don't, I, there's a teeny bit of magical thinking, you know what I mean? Cause it's kind of like, yes. I'm, there's nothing that I'm like afraid is going to happen. I just feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, the, okay, there's, there's no logical reason why like you're not. It's not like if I don't shower, like I'm going to die. I, I don't like make that connection, right. but I feel really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. You just feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's definitely like a lot of stuff in our family around this and it is it's super genetic so OCD like diagnosis wise like I said there's a mild moderate and severe like category and you know mild just kind of being more like I think like me like maybe like mom you I think now are probably more in like the moderate range Mm -hmm. and then you were like very severe for Mm -hmm. a while so OCD is an anxiety disorder and it provides relief from anxiety, which I think is an interesting way to look at it. Cause I don't think we automatically classify it that way. Um, like when you think about it, it's still like, Oh, it's yeah, like a ritual. Yeah. Thing. But it's re- it's, it's a, makes comp- sense. Yeah, it does. It's a compulsion to help with your anxiety because you believe it's going to be. Well, right. It. Yes. And it does. In yeah. the moment it does. Oh, yeah. it. Um, so it can be either the presence of either or both obsessions or compulsions. So there's an idea of like quote unquote pure O which is just the obsession. And that's how I guess, like, people and, like, the oh, like, oh drug. <laughs> I'll take some of that pure. I'll take some of that pure. Give me some of those Give me some of those pure contamination thoughts. So, uh, but you can't have the compulsion without the obsession, right? You, you can. It's just a different type. Okay. It's like, you know what I mean? So, 
obsessions are the unwanted intrusive thoughts. They're very distressing and you don't like them and you don't want them, but they won't go away. Right. The compulsions are the actions that you use to take away the anxiety that comes with that thought. So it's like, I get the thought and then I do the compulsion. And uh-huh. usually what happens the longer you have OCD is like the thought comes back and then I have the compulsion. So it's like this constant cycle of getting the thought and doing the compulsion to get rid of that anxiety that comes with it. But it's right back and you're doing right. it, you know, hundreds of times. Yeah. So there's a lots of different types of OCD. I mean, there's really infinite types. It's very like, it's, it's similar to your, you have a, like, it's like a kink or like a thing that you're obsessed with. Fetish. A fetish, yeah. So there's infinite types of fetishes, right? Because you can be fetish, you can have a, like a fucking pickle fetish, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <Stop. yeah. laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like as many things as exist on planet Earth, like you can have, like, okay. And, and the popular, we should do like an episode about this, but like the popular ones, like have names, like, and I took a human sexuality class where you had like a whole thing on fetishes and like they're like like foot fetish like well duh but then there's like there's like the pope is like a big like one for wait people. what yeah it's wait weird. what do you mean like, like having sex with the pope like yeah that's like your like thing or something no. yeah, yeah oh and like no. I and I and I believe I retrieved pickles for a reason because I'm pretty sure that's one too yeah I think like a thing like I'm a corrupt gem probably why the pope what, what about like priests it's it was like a pope one you want to go for the big dog <laughs> <laughs> wait this is any cardinal or okay we'll magistrate. we'll talk about this um but so yeah i see what you're saying so like and it, there's as as the many objects are out there are things like there's types of ocd they generally all fall within kind of like five categories so there's checking contamination symmetry and ordering the intrusive thoughts and then hoarding okay so Checking is what you have, you know, with the other, uh, with yeah. another kind of piece too. But so like, and, and it's interesting too, because it actually sounds like you've done more work with like the numbers piece, but not so much the checking or no, I guess kind of, well, guess that one shows up more still. Yeah. We can talk about yeah. kind of the treatment that I have. And so, so checking is like lights. These are the common ones. Again, it can be anything, but these are like the, you know, enough people are like, this is what I have. Lights, lock, stove, car, your car route. I thought that was an interesting mm. one. Like not being, a, you know, this like I'm not, work. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I can totally see that. Um, illness, like, am I sick? Is like it's kind of like a hypochondria. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, valuable items. So this is what's interesting: text or email reading. So people like reading reading their text like hundreds of times to make sure there's no like mistakes or they didn't say something uh, wrong. When you say valuable items, are like I have to make sure like my, my purse, diamond is safe or is yeah, my, my purse, my my purse, my phone. Like things that you I'm like. like that. I'm always like phone. Like whenever they ask, I'm like phone keys, wallet, phone keys, wallet, phone yeah, keys, wallet. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah, I yeah. freak out if I can't find like my phone, my keys, or my Except wallet. Except you just continually dump your phone into the black pit <laughs> your purse. Yeah, but I know that it's in there. I know, I know. <laughs> and then you're you're shocked when you can't find it. Um, sexual attraction. What does that mean? So it's like constantly checking, like who am I attracted to? Um, like someone I I feel is forbidden. Oh, or there's other thoughts about like there's intrusive thoughts about this, but this is more like kind of like checking with yourself about it. Or you're like, do I have a crush on this person? It's like it's it, no, it's like it's like you're worried you're you're out of control with your with who you're attracted to. How about the people who are attracted to the Pope? <laughs> that we'll get into that. That's a little different. Um, <laughs> that feels pretty out of control to me. <laughs> no shame. <shit. laughs> and it's not just thinking about it once to check. It's Yes. It's multiple. So like OCD is not, and we'll get into this, and but like OCD is not like 
mm, my pencil is like out of order. I it's, know, but that's how everyone that's know. what everyone thinks is. They're like, I'm so OCD. I like my pencils to be in a straight line. I'm like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, no. Do you check them and in multiples of yeah, three and think exactly. you're going to die if you don't <laughs> check them? Yeah, and do it hundreds of times. Yeah. Like that's the difference. It's not rereading your text or email three times. It's rereading it a hundred times and losing hours every day yeah. due to these behaviors. Yes. Um, contamination is the next sort of one. So there's physical or mental contamination. So and I'm man. So public toilets, I actually am not afraid of public toilets. Outside air. I just don't enjoy them. Yeah, but I'm not like <laughs> disgusted with myself after using them. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> although like one of our uncles is, which is, you know, again, like a thing, I'll tell you there. <laughs> so then outside air, I was like, fuck, yeah, that's me for sure. Money, I don't really have that. Shaky hands, no. Doorknobs, no. Sex, not really. Um, but those all, yeah, I get why people. Yeah, clothes, like, chemicals, toothbrushes. Like, you know that episode of Sex in the City when Miranda's with that guy and, like, he has to take a shower, like, immediately after yeah. sex every yeah. time like yeah, yeah. like there's no like mm-hmm. I mean like he's done it like he runs in there yeah. and she's like what's wrong with me like do you think I'm yeah. gross yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he's like no like I just like have to do this and then like, I, contamination. yeah I think it comes out later mm-hmm. where he's like I'm dirty like yeah you know because yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. of what I just did well so interestingly enough and by the way and again like this isn't like public toilets are gross it's people who wash their hands so many times that their hands are cracking and bleeding yeah it's people who bathe in bleach because right. they can't get right yeah out. like i mean those are real examples yeah oh yeah and then so what you were kind of just saying there was more of the mental contamination side where yes. it's like yes. something happened or something said something someone said something to me that made me feel dirty mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i need to clean myself outside to mm-hmm. like feel clean inside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. symmetry and ordering which is you know things have to look perfect Mm -hmm. and things have to be in a certain order I mean that's pretty like self-explanatory but again it's like things have to be in an order where it's not I'm just like I I I think I'm a a big proponent of like making sure people know the difference between OCD and just like you know coming back to the pencil example it's like people can it's like is it controlling your life or do you just a little bit of a perfect perfectionist yeah or something yeah, yeah. like that versus mm-hmm. like i like my pencils in an order versus yeah. okay like do they have to be in a certain order and the blue one has to be the next one or do you just like them to line up and yeah. you like how yeah, it yeah. looks and if they're out of order are you afraid like someone's like something really something bad's, bad's gonna, gonna happen, happen. Yeah, yeah and the only thing keeping something bad from happening is these pencils yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And really believing that. And really believing that. Really yeah. Believing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there's, like, meme culture. People, mm-hmm. like, just do stuff. Like, oh, I'm yeah. so OCD. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you're not. Like, yeah. stop yeah. it. It's so annoying. So, the, and, and again, like, category-wise, like, some things kind of, like, that most people identify that are, like, the facets or the subjects of that symmetry and order can space in the same way. That's, like, a big one for a lot of people, mm-hmm. like, in the in a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think things spotless, no blemishes. Books and CDs all being lined up a certain type of way or right. like clothes in the closet. Right, 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 right. Intrusive thoughts. So these are things that are like, this is a different category. So it's in like disturbing in nature kind of thoughts. So like, um, and you don't, and you don't, and you don't personally identify with them. It's like, but this is coming into my head and I don't want but, it here. And, and you're having them constantly. Like constantly. Yeah. So there's like relationship ones where I like, I'm not good enough. My partner's going to leave me. There's something wrong with me. There's sexual ones where it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to be a pedophile. Like I'm afraid I'm gonna like like kids, even though there's there's you no, don't you're yeah. just like convinced you're, that you're, you're really are. afraid. I've had clients with this one for sure. Or they're just like thinking about it constantly. There, it's the fear that like what if that's true? What if yeah? And incest is another one too. Like uh-huh. what if like I do? It's like what if I do something? So right. it's like wanting to like control that like right thought, even though it's it's never been acted upon or or you don't even like identify right. with it. 
Um, magical thinking. So colors, numbers, days, luck, your thoughts can cause a disaster uh-huh. or death. OCD does have a magical thinking component no matter what, right. because once it's in the severe range, it's like, I'm doing this to help something yes. that like is not yes. realistically, but this is more of like extreme, like the color, if I wear the color green, like someone's like, you know, gonna live or die, like that kind of. Yeah, no, and 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 especially when you said like this, thoughts can cause disaster mm-hmm. or death. Like that's definitely like where I fall into, yeah. and it's like this freaky feeling of you feel like, oh my god, like I'm a walking like, um, like bomb or something. Yeah. And you're like, mm-hmm. all this power. What am I doing <laughs> with it? Oh my god. Um, religion and sin is a big one. Mm. So like, I'm like. I mean, it's it. The list for this one was like too much to include. Oh yeah. Yeah, like you know, I'm sinful. I'm dirty. Like yeah. all that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to hell. Mm-hmm. Violence. So hurting yourself or someone else. Like and knives is a big one with this one. Like I'm worried I'm going to like stab somebody. So you, a, a big compulsion related to this thought is like locking knives away in your house or like not being able to touch them because mm-hmm. you're afraid you're gonna like do something right, do crazy something. or like jumping in front of a train you know what, what I mean what about that one that meme that yeah. you about like driving into oncoming or like turning yeah. like you know it's like in your car like yeah. I don't know if anyone I, I get this all the time I've, I've had it too I'm like yeah. what if I just like <laughs> what if I just like drove what if I like, just yeah. like drove into that wall like yeah, what yeah. if and I'm like no 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 yeah. no no mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that would be like a mild like what about the one where I used to have where I really wanted to like throw I really wanted to throw mm-hmm. my pen at the chalkboard yeah and like I would have to that. like there is a name for yeah. it and like it would be like if I was sitting front row in high school and like yeah. the chalkboard is right there and my uh-huh. pen is here and mm-hmm. I literally like in terms of like locking knives away I'd literally t- take my pen and like sit on it or like put it underneath <laughs> my thing and like put my hands together because I was like so convinced that like left my own device like this pen is going to get chucked yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that anything bad happens but it would just be so freaking bizarre because <laughs> I never said anything in high school like the quietest person all of a sudden I'm like <laughs> throwing my pen well I think it just goes back to an example of like love how much power you think your thoughts have over you. Yes. You know, like when you have, <laughs> like, you have all of a sudden I'm thinking that like my hand is moving. Yeah, I imagine like a like the what's like a superhero has like boom boom like yeah. you know flame his head. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then hoarding um is another category. So the thing with hoarding is like it's, it is different from OCD because sometimes it depends on what the nature of it is. So there's certain hoarding that is does not respond to treatment in the same way that it does right. with OCD. And it's a totally different thing because OCD is a painful thing where it does not jive with who you are as a person yeah. or what you actually think. And it feels like something else is like invading your thoughts in your body. Hoarding, if it's not the OCD type, it's a very enjoyable activity. You know, like you look forward to it. This is great. You there's look no forward problem. to hoarding? Yes, like collecting your little babies like it's like great like wait but there's a difference between collecting in terms of like you don't hoard like oh it's 2 p.m time to hoard but you're look you're really enjoying to go like collect more things okay okay so away. you're talking about like oh my god like I collect this is great I I hoard baby babies and like I'm gonna go to the food market and look for some more yeah or like or going through them and checking them is not an unenjoyable activity like it's like it's a nice kind of thing it's, yeah, it's, like, it's oh like games all here yeah, and there's <laughs> gang is gang gang, <laughs> but there's no thoughts of like this is a problem. 
Whereas like most of the time with OCD, once it's pointed out to you, it's like, huh. What about the people on hoarders when they're like very defensive about it? It's not an OCD thing for the most part. But I feel like even when you bring up OCD stuff, you get defensive about it naturally. Well, yes, you do. But but there's the level of capability of insight. Yeah. So with hoarding, it's just there's there's a lack of insight overall. And it's more like it's more like delusional in the way that like body dysmorphic disorder is where it's like it's no nothing is going to convince you that this is not occurring whereas like with with you and with OCD it's like you could be convinced that like I mean it's not gonna die yeah yeah, I mean like yeah I I definitely had insight into a what I was doing and b that it didn't make sense yeah yeah so in terms of like treatment so for me I so I got treatment for it when I was in college freshman year of college, which was honestly best case scenario because I was able to get through it without being at home. So I was living in the dorm. Mm -hmm. And so I had developed some checking of my door and dorm, but it didn't, it felt way more like What wasn't your triggers. Yeah. And so I was able to like really process and I would go home on weekends or like the weekends I would go home, I I would practice, but I had a lot of time to stop doing those behaviors Mm -hmm. so that helped and Mm -hmm. I was lucky that that helped and I remember my therapist was like really shocked that like I was able to like stop doing it as fast as I was but Mm -hmm. I was like you know I think there was a level of motivation was like I don't want to be doing this anymore like it sucks I'm tired of thinking this way I'm Mm -hmm. tired of doing this Mm -hmm. and be situational um, where I made it it facilitated changes yes absolutely yeah. yeah so I was able to do that I still have like leftover stuff of like I always check my front door like it's not a numbers times. thing now but I check it multiple times and, and then you walk away five feet you'll be like I lost it yeah and then I have to turn around so that's something that like I need to keep working on but I've got just like a lot of stuff to work on <laughs> it's honestly low on the total pool right now so he'll rise up you know as some other stuff goes away but you know I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it yeah and that's really I mean the treatment for OCD it's number one it's it's from a trauma perspective of like what what caused you to feel so out of control that this had to be your saving grace yeah so it's unpacking that and then there's the very heavy behavioral component of you just have to challenge your behaviors and you have to sit with it and and it's and it's a step-by-step kind of thing you don't just do like this explosion to like the scariest thing in the world of like going to bed with doing none of your checking Uh behaviors you take one yeah you wean it down yeah 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 yeah. but it's really hard it is it's very it's very anxiety it sucks to sit with it yeah 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 um you know so with that looks like cbt that looks like challenging your behaviors um exposure and response prevention is like the technical term meds can have a huge impact specifically ssris um Mm -hmm. which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors uh usually for depression they have an off-label advantage of helping with ocd right don't really know why it just just you know they just do um, which is great. Which is great. Getting a therapist who knows what they're talking yeah. about with OCD. Because if you, and that's what happens with like a lot of my clients, because I have a lot of like personal family experience, I can very quickly identify if someone has OCD and then we can work on it. But a lot of people who I've seen in therapy have had it for years and there's been no therapist who's ever been like, do you have a thing with numbers? Mm. You know, and it's just like that one little question uh-huh. where uh-huh. it's like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like, all this stuff comes out. Difference between a good therapist and a great therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Support groups are huge um, for OCD because it's so isolating. Oh, You feel so, like, so I've never met anyone who, oh, felt so weird. I've never met anyone Mm -hmm. who, truly since then, I've never met anyone who 
have those. Like full on. Yeah, but maybe that's because, you know, I... But it's really common. One I don't... Yeah, no, I know. And, like, maybe it's because, like, I don't share it that often. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, it's just... Like, I'm open I'm open to sharing it. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. Like, it, it honestly doesn't... You're like, hey, where's the number three mean to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where do you visualize 42? Like, that's, like, not something where... It's something that, like, comes up with, like, a partner. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember talking to my ex about it. And, like, he was like, oh, like, interesting. You know, mm-hmm. like, he just, like, he didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I encourage people to be open about it. Because yeah. the more of us that talk about it, you know, the more of us, we don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're the only people with this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not. Well, I think a big piece, and, you know, just to wrap up, and, like, when, when you're sharing with people, like you're opening the door for them just to know how much you're suffering, right? So, like, right. When, when when you were going through your stuff, like, again, like, I was, like, okay, and we're so fucking close. Like, we're, like, if I, like, didn't know, like, who wouldn't, you right. know, who would? And I, and I, again, like, I knew a little bit about, like, you just have some checking stuff, but I think it was normalized because mom's so like that anyway. Yes. So it was, like, oh, Ellen's just like that, too. Yeah. So this whole world of, like, the fears around the safety and the mom and dad kind of stuff. I had no idea. Right. And I, and I, and you can't know unless you share it with someone else. Oh, of course. And then, and you know, just like, and I think like sympathy, sympathetic or empathetic wise, like it, it goes a long way to as hard as it is share more of the intimate kind of like this, this is my fear sort of Uh piece uh because it's really hard to, watch someone do that and not know why yeah you know? oh like, yeah it's frustrating like yeah you know yeah but it's like it's just not that it's so not that easy right totally yeah 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 okay so now moving on to our other shit of the day um the large and expansive topic of what we have deemed success charlatans yes. quote unquote so these are people that i guess the best definition is like people who are just like honest always talking about how successful they are and how and how they can make, make you successful. successful in very broad terms of the word success yeah like there's nothing specific yeah. happening here it's, it's just like, like what like i want to be success like what right. success and it's like this really weird like what the fuck is going on it's just like it's life coaching to an nth degree yeah. and it's super exploded over the past couple of years with instagram in particular and it's now just like this huge industry and there's a difference between like business coaching versus this kind of like success life kind of coach where right. it's like I'm promising you like the world and the moon so All and in. like the basis of a lot of this stuff is this book that's like called think and grow rich yeah and it's what a lot of these people who are like success charlatans base their stuff off of base like their mindset it was written in 1937 by this guy named Napoleon Hill. And Problem number one. <laughs> yeah. And it was promoted as a personal development and self-improvement book. So that's like what these types of people, there's a, there's a few others. There's, um, there's ones that are like similar to this, but you know, the idea is like these people latch onto these things or like the law of success, like think and grow rich, things like that. It's like, it's this obsession with the idea of being rich, yeah. you know, and it's almost like, doesn't matter what means I take to get there. I've never specified what means mm-hmm. I'll take to get there, but I deserve to be rich and successful yeah. because I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. It's yeah. like money, you know, it's like, you know, opposite of like money doesn't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. They like think it does. So like, I just have to find this money tree. And like, yeah, if, if I just grind hard yeah, enough, I just grind. Yeah. That's another like big one is like grinding, grinding. like rising, grind, rise and grind. Like, God. So I think like a, a really good example of this is this guy oh that God. is named 
what is it, Brandon T. Brandon T. Adams. BTA. And he... We call him BTA, yeah. I think he also calls himself BTA. Yeah, he does in his... Yes, he does. So why don't you share, like, where are you originally? So um, I'm in this, like, Facebook group called Girls Night Out, and... Um, it's just like a big group and people just post stuff. It's like a private group. And anyway, so this girl posted on here like a year ago and she was like, my friend Brandon is in town and he has, um, he's trying to get a meeting at Netflix. I'm like, can anyone help him? And it's like a girl's group. So at first everyone was like, no, like he's a guy. Why would I promote him getting a meeting at Netflix when he would be taking the spot of like a woman or a person of color? He's a very, he's a, the most average white man ever. And so everyone was like, no. And then people started doing further digging, including myself. And like, who is this guy? Yeah. And so essentially he and his wife like made this TV series called Success in your city. Success in your city, where they interview people about how they've been successful in their city. Again, again, just like this broad, broad sort of success. Yeah. And they themselves claim that they are successful, so they can host the show because they know what success is. And it's like, what are you successful in? I don't. Yeah. You haven't said anything about what you, you do. You do. Yeah. And he's like, but like I do this TV show about being successful. Like what? It yeah. was just like this weird like, are we speaking the same language? Like what do you do? Yeah. So his whole thing, he was like, we're going to sell this to Netflix. And him and his wife had made all these mood boards and vision boards of, like, Mm -hmm. their year of 2019 was to, like, specifically, it was, like, sell season one of Success in Your City for $2.5 million. And then it was, like, sell season two for $1.2 million to Netflix. And, you know... So essentially what he did is he's from the Midwest. He flew out to Netflix, not knowing anyone there, nor having a meeting. And mm-hmm. he showed up, which is why this girl was like, he's such a great guy. Can anyone help him get a meeting? And yeah. we're like, why? Like, he doesn't deserve a meeting. Yeah, like, you don't just like show up. You can't just like, show up. And I think like what comes into this is like what I deem is like the audacity and privilege of untalented white men. Yeah. <laughs> Who eat this shit up. Who eat this shit up and jump on the bandwagon and are like, yeah, man, you get that meeting. Yeah. Just show up, man. And he's like, rise, show, and rise and grind. And like, it's like, why why are you owed a meeting at yeah. Netflix? What about you is special? So he's such an idiot that yeah. first he showed up to the Netflix um, location in, it was like Northern California and like Los Gatos or mm-hmm. something. He's He Googled like Netflix location, got, didn't do any research, got one address and flew there. That location is where it's like the distribution center. It's like their distribution center. So one like where they mail out the DVDs. So so he shows up and not only does he get escorted out upon security saying, Do you have a meeting today? And he's like, No, I just want to meet with someone. And security was like, Okay, get the fuck out. Yeah. And they escorted him to his car and he was filming it the whole time. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna kick down Netflix. This won't be the enemy. This time next year, you're gonna see this video at the Emmys when I've won all of them for success of your city. And I never gave up, rise and grind. As the security guard's like, oh my god. And so then he drove down to LA to then go to the real Netflix one of like the Netflix offices, like the creative development offices in LA. And by that time, it kills me. Like everyone in Girls Night Out, like. I know many people at Netflix. Everyone in Girls Night Out knows many people at Netflix. So everyone was on this team. They were like, (laughs) I've told my friends who work at Netflix 
that your friend is coming and to not let him in. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then all of a sudden, like he, so he instantly like got on this like security watch list because <laughs> so many people like told yeah. their friends at Netflix, they're like, this guy's coming. He's like demanding a meeting. And everyone's like, oh, fuck no. Yeah. So they alerted security. <laughs> so even while he's like driving there, he's like, I, you know, he's filming it. So he's like, oh, I'm going to do this. Meanwhile, yeah. he was being placed on like a new <laughs> a no fly list. A no fly list <laughs> yeah. at Netflix. And then so he got to LA and then he found out and everything that there was no way he was getting into yeah. place and he was like then he made up this whole story he was like I he's like I didn't even want one yeah he, he, he's like you guys really think I was gonna walk into Netflix without a meeting you really think that that's not what I was here to do I mean he so he totally yeah. spun the story so he still sounded successful and he's yeah. a complete phony fraud yeah. who does nothing yeah and also like it's and, and why is it only white people who do yeah, we will get into other examples. Guess what? They're all white. Yeah, they're all fucking white. And then it's like, and and privileged too. Yes. Like, you know, if you just show up and it's like, who's bankrolling you right now? Like mommy and daddy, like it's really weird. Uh-huh. And so he um mortgaged his whole house for the show. So that's like the dirty, rotten secret underneath it. Remember? Yes, it was like, he's, he's acting like, like, he's like, like I have a TV show. And, and it like came out that he like mortgaged his house for like $200,000, <clears> like in their entire life savings. It's like, that's not like... Success. Well, and in like the way, so I'm looking at his Instagram post that he posted during the after the Netflix thing. He's like the result of my Netflix journey, and he's like, he's all about like he's like I have so many haters and sad how people want to take down someone who has dreams. And he's like, I bet Jim Carrey was called crazy. Jim Um, Carrey's actually talented. Yeah, and he's like, I bet you Reed Hastings was called crazy when he said he was going to mail DVDs to people's home monthly. And he's like coming up with, you know, I bet so all these successful. It's like you're not them. You have you have some lame ass TV show that no one wants to watch. About because like he like it's so frustrating because it's like you don't like stop putting yourself among people who actually have talent and have done the work to get there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Jim Carrey didn't just show up and, and demand, demand to be, to be like on the headliner of the comedy store. Right. Like, that's like he happened. worked his way up. Like yeah. everybody does. Yeah. And he got discovered because he's talented, mm-hmm. you know? And like, this is what happened. Same with like fucking Jeff Bezos. Like Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos is successful because he put in the work and created yeah. a company that no one had done before. Yeah, yeah. Like BTA is not successful because he has no company. He has no idea. He just has this quote unquote word of success. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so, he loves to, um, if you go deep in his Instagram, he has all these photo shoots that he's done of himself and caption them with other fun things. He loves the term, um, just like, just like live to grind. He loves that. Live to grind, rise and grind. <sighs> I live to grind. But also like, I don't live to grind. <laughs> like, that's but like, but the thing is like, what are you grinding? Yeah. You okay. Teamwork makes a dream work. Yeah. You alone own your destiny. This is our favorite. If you won't, I will. <laughs> And then he signs it BTA. And it's like, and then one of them was like, it's like, get up, get dressed. No, like, yeah. cool things. <laughs> it's, a, it's a picture of him dancing. He's like jumping in the air. And he says, no matter how you feel, get up, dress up, show up, and never give up. Yeah. G- give up on what? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? What have you, like, great. If this came from someone who worked right from bottom to the top, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, Jeff Bezos, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't yeah. like Jeff Bezos. But you, you know yeah. what I mean? Someone yeah. who's actually created something and yeah. done, like Oprah. Yeah. You know, if, mm-hmm. if Oprah said that, I'd be like, great, great advice, Oprah. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. done something. Yeah. And like, it's like BTA says it. Like, why? Like you haven't done anything. You, don't, you yeah. haven't done anything. You have a failed TV pilot that, like, no one wants to buy that uh-huh. you reach your house on. It's just you like, earn so your trophies at practice. You just pick them up at competitions. <laughs> He's crazy, you guys. Stay patient and trust your journey. You can complain about bad weather. You can splash around in the puddle. Oh my God. The crazy ones change the world. Also, like these aren't your quotes. 
Like you didn't come up with these. So he's a great example of this idea of what we call success charlatans of like people who claim that they're successful for not doing anything and then try and sell it to other people. So he does all these like success seminars, like read my book, buy my stuff. I'll tell you how to be successful. And he goes to like company, like, and this is so weird. Like, like corporate meetings, yeah. corporate retreats, and just like screams at people. He's like, the only person that's getting in the way is you. You right. know, like that's yeah, like, just a like big all one. these yeah, yeah. like stupid things that everyone says. And yeah, it's yeah. just like he's done nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he makes these ridiculous goals. And like, because I remember like last year, like he makes, you know, him and his wife write these goals. And I was like, sell thing for three million. It's like, crickets by the end of the year well, right yeah. and they never talk about it again I'm they like, never talk about the failures i know i'm like are you yeah. guys aware like annie and i talk about it like like very open about how hard starting businesses yeah. we're still in like a development a development phase figuring we, things we have out. clients but we're by no means successful yeah and if anyone asked me for the like dirty truth of everything you know and yeah. we always tell people like we're in therapy together we yeah. had issues like working with each mm-hmm. other just like with personalities like everything isn't sunshine and rainbows yeah and we've had to like pivot we've had to like we've had to do so to much do so many we've, things we've had so many easy. failures yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah it has not been easy it has not been hard I don't know if we'll ever be successful mm-hmm. but we're not running around being like, like preaching from the mountaintop of like I am I'm the way the truth and the light like and it's right. just so phony baloney to me and like, this thing of like not like the thing these people do is they never talk about the failures so yeah. like I would respect BTA so much more if he got on the end of the year and said, he's like fuck it he's I like fuck it here's yeah. what happens like I was dumb. I was dumb. I yeah. never made these goals. I never reached these goals. Like these things, I, I should have never flown out to like Los Gatos yeah. without a meeting. But, but everything like, is turned back it. against other people. Yeah. It's like the white guy against the world. Like yeah. he's like, well, it, if it wasn't for all those girls in that Facebook group, I would have gotten a meeting. But yeah. like they're the ones that stopped yeah. me, not because he's not talented yeah, yeah, and yeah. has nothing to offer. And I think a, a big thing of like why we don't like these, like this whole like. This whole like life coach, and and I don't have anything against life coaches, um, but I, but I do have things against unregulated industries because it means that anyone and everyone can yes. just like call themselves like a business coach or a life coach and have yeah. no qualifications and quite honestly swindle a lot of people yes. out of time, money, and expenses and energy, and it's like and it's not okay. Like it's really hard to be a therapist it's really hard to be a doctor it's yeah. re- you know like it's, it's hard a, to be an accountant for fuck's sake it's and a like, regulated it's industry a regulated industry rules. that has rules and regulations and you're not just allowed to be out here like oh, i'm successful doing and saying whatever you want yeah exactly and like you know i'm and promising the world yes. to people i think that's the biggest thing is like yeah. these like life coaches promise you like i like just give me money like i'll make sure you get a million dollars this yeah, year and they yeah. don't and they never do yeah yeah and there's actually been a lot of like and i was looking at this up yesterday just like a lot of scams associated with people who are making these big promises and taking people's money um, and then not delivering. And I think that it's not okay. And I, and again, like I have nothing as life coaches, but I would never, because, because sometimes you need someone who's just going to like stay in the present with you, work on solution-based things and that's fine. But I would never go to a life coach who hasn't had like therapeutic training to be quite honest. And there are actually a lot of therapists out there who have separate life coaching businesses and they're great at what they do and they're fantastic at what they do. And it, and they still have training and they still have knowledge about what they're talking about versus this like one quackadoo who's like flying out to, you know, Netflix and and failing and telling people that like, well, rise and grind. Like, it's just like, what does that even mean? It has no meaning. Right. And it's like what we said, like, it's like, it's very like, MLM very multi-level oh, it's very MLM very multi-level marketing the same type of it's the same type of talk of like 
do this, put in your work. Only you can make your success yeah. by selling yeah. REK. It's mm-hmm. all up to you. Yeah, you yeah. make your own money mm-hmm. by what the parties you throw. It's yeah, like, yeah. no, this is an endless loop of debt mm-hmm. that all MLMs are because mm-hmm. their whole goal is to make money and make sure you don't make money. Well, and I think too, like, I, it, it is, it's like a, it's like an, it's like a pyramid scheme because yes. when you see like, for example, like with, you know, the big, the big guy of like Tony Robbins. Yes. So just like, by the way, like, please take a moment to guess how much it is to go to a Tony Robbins conference. And I'm not talking about the flight. I'm not talking about the hotel rooms. I'm not talking about the food. I'm talking about being in the room. just being in the room. It's like what four days or something yeah. like that. It's $10,000. Like, that is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of in my life. It's the biggest waste of money I've ever heard. And it's all, and we like saw someone who like, we like followed them on Instagram who like went to him, and it's like a bunch of bullshit. It's just people running around screaming to like, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it's like, it's a lot of 50 year old, old old white men men who are standing on top of chairs screaming and jumping up and down as like laser beams. You yeah, know, shoot around the room. Yeah, yeah. flushing money down the toilet, yes. and it's like, and and then they like massage yeah. each other. Yeah, you have to like massage each other to like, like get out again. It's all about like getting out of your comfort zone. Like, just go to fucking therapy, guys. Like, save a lot of money. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, I don't need some dude screaming from the stage telling me. And it's very, it's all very culty to me too, which is it's weird. Very culty. So, it's this idea of like you know, um, getting out of your comfort zone and like you know we're gonna change the world. And the thing that I find very interesting is like on all of these, you know, self-help, um, like business marketing people, all of their clients are people who just want to do the same thing as them. Yes. You know, it's always, well, I want to be a Tony Robbins. You know, it's never like, I'm just trying, not never, I shouldn't say that. A very a often, times, it's yes. just this like kind of closed loop of like, well, I want to be a Tony Robbins. You know, well, I want to be a, a business coach, mm-hmm. even though, so I'm going to go learn how to be a business coach. And it's like, there's only so many people out there. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a pyramid scheme. It's going to crash at some point where yeah. there's like, the business coach I want is someone who runs a, a business, business, not someone yeah. who is just like, giving me buzzwords of success and grind and show up dress up like have you done anything with your life yeah 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 exactly and I feel like um there's a thing that I don't know like from and and again like from a personal standpoint I just think it's really important to note that like you don't have to do this like you don't have to pay for a mentor and you don't have to pay for advice and like no Mm -hmm. shade out there if like you're running a company and people want to pay you for your time and and your and your business advice cool but you don't have to do that and as like a person as like as a business owner I'm telling you you don't have to what I did is I researched on the internet we live in a world now where you can learn pretty much anything out there and, and you, you can contact anyone and you can contact anyone. And I just emailed local nonprofit CEOs. Right. And I asked them if they would meet with me and help me give me some to, advice, give me some advice about being in the business. And people absolutely said yes. yes. And I would too. Like if someone reached out to me and was like, Hey, like I really want to like start my own, like, you know, support group business, or I want to start a nonprofit or I want to, um, I want to go into private practice as a therapist. Right. I would a hundred percent. And you know what? Like the big difference too is like the people that we met with gave us very tangible things to do. Yeah. Like, oh, you should start taking more videos of yourself because so it does this. Oh, there's actually this place where it's kind of like a TED Talk light. You should do that. It wasn't yeah, like, yeah. well, what you gotta do 
It's just called Rise and Grind. Yeah. So that's step one. Is, yeah, step up, and then step two is show up. Yeah. <laughs> and step three is manifest your money, and then yeah. step four is write it down in different colors. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. it was very, like... It was, like, this website will help you find volunteers. Is that you great? Know? Thank yeah. you. And, like, this is, like, the nonprofit, you know, sector where you can look up who donates to who. Right. You know, and this is the library where it's free. Yeah. And you don't it have to use like other software. It was, like, actual stuff yeah. to do and not just buzzwords about... Yeah. And because this is a lawyer that you should hire. Like right. this is yes. like, yeah, all this, like, this is where you find, um, um, commercial property rentals, yeah. like all of that kind of stuff. And it's, and it's not this like esoteric kind of like, well, you know, if you look in the mirror, like, you know what you see? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's problem number one. <laughs> you know, really? yeah. It's like, there's people out there that are willing to be, to help. And to be your mentor. And yeah, like he does require more work than just like paying for someone for advice. And again, if that's what you want, that if that's what you want to do, you can do it. But you don't have to. That's just like really just not what you have to do. And I'm very in full support of getting a mentor and talking to people about their business experience. But it's way more authentic and long term for you to build up a network of people who are in the same boat as yes. you. And like meet people in the industry and like have coffee with them or right. take them to lunch and right. like have like put in a little, you know, effort there and, and make friends who are also like starting up, you know, a business that's similar to yours and have them be long-term connections for you. Like people who are actually in your network, who are, who understand you and you're not like paying necessarily for their time, which again, you can do if you want to, but you don't have to. Right. Right. Yeah. No, totally. Um, and I think there's another like sector of this that has really popped up on Instagram of people being like, I'm going to show you how to um, like give me money and I'll show you how to um, build your Instagram audience yes. and engagement. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. It's, engagement is such a buzzword. Yeah. Instagram getting followers. It's like boomers being like engagement. engagement. <laughs> yes. Like what do I do to get them? Um, and it's treated as this thing that's like, you'll never do it yourself. Like you have yes. to like someone you have to rely on someone else to, to show you the ropes. to show you the ropes. And it's not hard mm-hmm. to build an Instagram audience. It yeah. really isn't. Like all these people are telling you is the same stuff that if you Googled an article about it, they'd tell you the same thing. There's no secret sauce mm-hmm. that these people are doing. There's no secret algorithm mm-hmm. that will get you ten thousand followers like that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna tell you the same thing that like is pretty basic. Like take good pictures. Make sure they look good. Post consistently. Post consistently. Tag them. Follow and engage with other accounts. Like, that's, like, the biggest thing. Like, what you do. Yeah. That's it. I mean, there's only so much you can do on Instagram. It's not, like, like these, like, success charlatans on Instagram. Like, I was successful, and I'll show you how. Give me $10,000. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's so stupid. It's yeah. so stupid because you're never going to emulate like what they did they're also if they have some secret algorithm they're not going to tell you yeah exactly yeah yeah you know they'll give you advice up to a point and it's all basic advice it's all it's all google it's all googleable stuff, stuff. Yeah. and stuff if you really sit and look at instagram mm-hmm. and use your freaking brain you can yeah. read oh you know what it would be good if i like shared this other person's post to my stories like it's it's just not hard mm-hmm. coming from someone who I started doing like a beauty Instagram account in like August of last year, just because, you know, I love beauty and skincare and I know that there's like a niche for it on, on Instagram. And I thought, Oh, that'd be fun. I like, I, you know, I feel like I 
you know, I'm like, I could do that. You know, these people were getting like a lot of free products. I'm going to do that. And, and I did, it wasn't hard. I think I, in two months I had 1200 followers and was paid up or not, or, or, and was, and yeah. And as with free products. Yeah. And I was getting free products up the wazoo. Like, you know, it it depends what you're in it for, but like freaking me was able to get like a 1200 followers which is not like chump change I was still like a decent amount in two months Mm -hmm. on beauty something like Mm -hmm. something that's already pretty saturated Mm -hmm. like all you have to do is like you know I saw other people like sharing other people's Mm -hmm. posts and their stories every day Mm -hmm. for like oh like I love this person so like I started doing that and Mm -hmm. like then they repay the favor and then that's how and then other people like it's Mm -hmm. that's how you grow a following Mm -hmm. and it's like at the end of the day, the six people who are successful on Instagram aren't people who like buy their followers yeah. or it's people who have a natural engagement and are doing it authentically. And I that think it's funny and interesting. And I think people like I know I can I can tell when someone is being inauthentic mm-hmm. on Instagram and yeah. I can tell when it's phony baloney mm-hmm. and no matter what niche they're in, whether it's beauty or makeup or whatever, mental, mental health, I can Hell, when it's like coming from a place of like it's forced versus mm-hmm. like they're genuinely like good at what they do take really good pictures mm-hmm. like are very creative versus people who are just reinventing the wheel yeah um which I think is like what these like people sell it's mm-hmm. like even in the beauty world I mean like I wasn't like that innovative you know I see like other people do stuff I'm like oh you know I'd do something inspired by that mm-hmm. but like the accounts that I love that I admired the most they didn't have the most followers but they had a great engagement because they came up with content and pictures so unique mm-hmm. and everything was so original and I'd never seen it before and I'm like that's cool like mm-hmm. that and they had great following and you know and they genuinely you could tell they like it wasn't a chore to them mm-hmm. they enjoyed what they were doing they love logging on mm-hmm. and engaging with people mm-hmm. so I mean it's so subjective but like if you're doing something on Instagram and you're trying to make a career out of it I think that it's people can like smell phoniness a mile away and the phoniness like stinks like the what's that like the fish rots from the head down yeah. like the phoniness yeah. reeks from the people who are the phoniest mm-hmm. who are these success charlatans telling mm-hmm. you that they'll get you followers and mm-hmm. then you're gonna learn their same phony techniques yeah, and you yeah. won't you may get a lot of followers but you won't get like a meaningful like audience yeah yeah well it's like this one gal oh my god we cannot stand her what is her name simply Susie simply like Susie. Oh god she's so annoying but she's like one of these people that's like you know always talking about like learn from my Instagram and Susie's school and all that kind of stuff and her big thing is just like cry on Instagram like that's like, her like big she's like guys I'm coming on to be vulnerable being a mom so freaking hard and and then she like, just here I am here I am and then she just literally pulls the camera up and films herself silently sobbing as her kids scream in the background like it's that so is so inauthentic to me yeah, that yeah, is it's the so funniest felonious felonious yeah. thing I've yeah. ever seen yeah if it's really if it's so hard then why are you filming yourself crying like yeah. so fucking weird if it's me. so hard for you like yeah. why are you having a real breakdown yeah. instead of having time to think about getting your phone out like yeah. that is so lame yeah, like gotta make sure I, I gotta, gotta make sure I show everybody how um how parenting is hard like guess what Susie everybody in the world knows that parenting's hard you yeah. didn't come up with this statement we yeah. didn't just because you're crying on camera doesn't mean that before that, we never knew yeah. how hard it was for people. It's wow. So weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cannot say. I, I love how there was this one. Like, you and I were, like, watching this. We were, like, what the fuck is going on? And then, like, some, like, commenter, she was, like, <laughs> she was, like, put down the phone and take care of your child. Yeah, the child's, like, <laughs> screaming yeah. in the background. And she's, like, oh, my God. But she's, like, gotta capture this. Like, yeah, gotta capture this. Gotta have this content. Yeah, it's, it's, like, what the 
vulnerable. It just be really vulnerable. And I feel like vulnerable to this point has like kind of become like such a buzzword that it's like almost like too much now. It's like, well, I'm just being like real and vulnerable. It's like once the bachelor is kind of like taking it, it's like right, right. Now. It's like the only vulnerability I want is like when Brene Brown was talking about it, yeah. like someone who I respect, who is educated, has actually done research on shame mm-hmm. and vulnerability mm-hmm. and like her definition of vulnerability. And, you know, it's all about, she's like being vulnerable is when you're opening up to a small group of people where you trust. Like yes. Brene's whole thing is like, you are not vulnerable if you open up and tell everything to everyone. That you're is the chaotic only. and you're borderline. And that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's what Susie does. Her yeah. idea of being vulnerable is telling yeah. 20,000 people every day mm-hmm. about, um, her fights with her husband yeah. and um, crying about how hard parenting mm-hmm. is and this, that, and the other, all things that should be shared are vulnerable things, but are much better are only vulnerable when they're shared with people in that you intimately way. trust in yeah. an authentic way. Yeah. Not popping on and doing 20 stories about a fight that you and your husband had and then crying in the woods about it. Like yeah. this is a real thing that happened. Yeah. And it was yeah. so phony. Yeah. It's so funny, but funny. I can't stand it. Oh yeah. Well we could go on and on, but yeah. I, I want like, let us know what you guys think about like what this like what you've seen about this and like uh-huh. are we crazy are we the only ones who just like really you think tony tech? robbins is dumb oh sack a load of shit like it's just like so crazy to me mm-hmm. um but yeah let us know okay guys that does it for today thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please give us five stars and let us know what you enjoyed about it it helps so much follow us on instagram at the inner gem that's t-h-e-i-n-n-e-r-g-e-m feel free to dm us anytime with questions or suggestions um and you can find us on our website at gemmed g-e-m-m-e-d dot n-g-o and just a quick disclaimer that yes i am a therapist but no i'm not your therapist so please take everything we said today with a grain of salt and if you feel that you need help reach out to an individualized professional thank you Thank you.